Dr. Ryan Howes, a musician from Pasadena, California. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from the greater Vancouver area. And I'm Chris Boyd, a psychotherapist from the Vancouver area. Right on, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And uh, wait, Joe, are you going to say something, Joe? Hi, I'm Joanna Boyd. I'm a registered clinical cancer from Coquitlam. <laughs> she's she's sounding uh, cuter every week. Yeah. <laughs> the octave yeah. was probably pretty high, actually. Yeah, the voice is getting higher and higher and higher. Very, very high. Uh, yeah. That's funny. No, Joanna's missing. She's doing a, um, an evening course for a few weeks, but she will be back. She's probably about halfway through. Yeah, she's on a hiatus. So she'll be back in a few weeks. Okay, well. Which is funny because tonight is book club and she is the one that picked the book. Oh, is that right? And she's the one that sings the jingle as well, right? And she sings the jingle. So we'll have to see what's happening here. That is so true. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, when we get to the singing part, I guess... We may have to fill in for her, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, things good with you guys? Yeah, things are good. So we we're just uh, we we're telling Ryan we're expecting a um, atmospheric river, is what they are calling it. So we are expected to get anywhere from three to six inches of rain over the next forty-eight hours, probably closer to the six-inch mark. Um, yeah. So preparing for that will be a cozy weekend and I'm going to make soup. I can't wait. That sounds nice, really. Yeah, yeah work another, on my Halloween costume. It'll be which good. Is, which is going to be what? I'm going to be a pot of gold. Really? Chris is going to be a leprechaun. Perfect. That fits. Yeah. Yes. We're going to be a leprechaun in a pot of gold. So I'm contemplating some, uh... how to make a cauldron. That I could wear. Well, you figure it out. We're gonna give out some skittles. Home Depot. Yeah, and then we're gonna get out, give out full size skittles. Hey, that's really sweet. Rainbow, right? It's a rainbow of flavors. I love it. Good. Yeah. Uh, I went with one of my one of my sons is going through a little army man phase, and so I don't know if they have these up there, but we have. Army surplus stores. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I went to an army surplus store with him this week and he got all decked out and a bunch of cool camo stuff. <laughs> so he's, nice. he's, he's all set, all set all for right. Halloween. That's yeah. It'd be great. a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, don't lose, uh, don't lose sight of him. He's going to be camouflaged in there. It'll be yeah. hard to find him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Cool. Well, we're getting closer to that that holiday and other holidays. We'll probably be talking about that going forward here. Mm-hmm. It's that time of year, which is exciting. It is exciting. So, Ryan, did you ask anyone else about the tickle trunk? 
<laughs> I didn't ask anyone about the tickle trunk. I think that is one of the wackiest concepts I've heard in a long time. But I, I just love the idea that you guys can just say it and everyone knows what you're talking about. And I was just flabbergasted. Never heard that before. It's wild. It's just like the most common term up here ever. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, tickle trunk. Tickle trunk. Mm -hmm. I'm raid your tickle trunk. Wow. Yeah, that was really good. That was really yeah, it's good. Common, it's common as sliced bread. The, the term tickle trunk up here in Canada. Yeah. That's... I never really questioned it, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see why other countries think we're weird. I get it. You guys are great. Uh, we all love Canada. Don't worry about that. That's good. Uh, I have one little thing to uh, uh, kind of an appeal to our audience. Okay. I figured maybe of, of all the different media out there, this, this might be one way to kind of directly uh, ask for something. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. That's okay with you guys. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was wondering if anyone out there has a uh, rear window, a what they call a uh, driver's side quarter window for a 2001 Toyota Land Cruiser because mine shattered uh, on the freeway a little while ago. And uh, I think some a rock got kicked up or something like that. And no. I've been uh, I've been looking around at like a dozen different auto glass places down here and I can find none. There's nothing out there. Oh no. No way. Well, first and foremost, it must've been pretty uh, scary to have your window shatter on the, on the highway. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty, it was a little scary. It just kind of popped. I mean, it didn't, uh, you know, it's that protective glass. It didn't really all fall apart right away, but uh, kind of gradually started falling off the car and that was a little scary. So you got if you're looking on on youtube you can see a picture of it it's just a broken window is that a uh, camping well, chair in there there's no window there is are there? there are camping chairs in there that's right there are little uh little lawn chairs just in case you might need it you know you gotta you gotta put that inside so they're gonna rip that off you know well now uh, this is this is right after it happened now oh, this okay. this this portion of the car is covered by a very attractive black trash bag that is uh, duct taped to the uh, side of the car. It's tinted. Perfect. It's like a tinted window. It's perfect. It's great. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. So, like a little, yeah, a little limousine finish there. That's right. That's right. It's it's stylish and uh, it, totally ineffective against uh, the weather, the temperature, all that kind of stuff. But it keeps people from seeing my my lawn chairs, I guess. Uh, so. If uh, you or anyone you know happens to have a uh, a rear driver's side quarter quarter panel quarter glass um, for a 2001 Land Cruiser, just let me know. Hit us up at uh, info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Or if you're looking for a place to sleep in the Pasadena area, there's a fantastic Land Cruiser kicking around. Just remove the garbage bag and some chairs back there and flatten out the uh, seats and it's going to be heaven. That is a great point. You're right. That's right. It's like a like a little Airbnb in the back of my, my rig. You make some money <laughs> off that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So who knows? You just never know. I figured I might as well ask anybody because, you know, the, the dozen auto glass dealers I've uh, dealt with 
have no clue where to find this 20 year old chunk of glass. So I, I would rather not total my car because of glass, but it might just have to happen. And there's no like wrecking yards, like pick apart. I've, I've, I've been, I've, attached or talked to a couple of uh wrecking yards that they don't have this this model of car in in there so we'll see i might or nothing that would be compatible for it like yeah i don't know if there's any other vehicles that would have the same dimension window i'm not sure i'm not really a pro in this area that's why i'm asking i guess my podcast listeners around (laughs) the world if they might have some expertise you know, there may be someone listening in Spain right now who's like, oh, we've got this, uh, you know, old 2001 Land Cruiser sitting in the back barn and uh, we'd be happy to send you this piece of glass. But I don't know. Let's see. Bummer, uh, dude. It's a bummer. You know, there, there are worse problems out there. I just thought it was kind of funny. I thought I'd share that with you guys. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway, on to more pertinent topics. Today is book club day it's true so let's get to that and we also we have to start even if joe isn't here we have to start with uh with the book club book club's theme song so let us listen right away okay That is quite it's a song. It's a good jingle. <laughs> Book club. <laughs> every, every time. It's like the first time I heard it. It's just, it's great. Yeah. Always take away something new and different, feeling revitalized and fresh. It's amazing. Me, listening to that song makes me want to read. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to do some singing lessons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So. For those of you who've been keeping up, this book club, this book club episode is on the book "This Is Your Brain on Food" by Uma Naidu, and uh, this is all about the the kind of brain gut nutrition <laughs> connection, and, uh, and this is what we're talking about today. So let's dive yeah. on in. Yeah. Uh, so I bought yogurt today. Mm. And why is that? I was probably primed by the book on how much talk there is about the benefits of probiotics. I, it wasn't on my grocery list, but I was walking by and I was like, you know what? I should probably get some Greek yogurt with no flavoring. So there's no added sugar for my probiotics for my gut health. You know, anyone else? No. Any other yogurt takers? I didn't jump on the yogurt train quite yet. But uh, definitely has caused me to think about my diet, about the food that I'm putting into my body, how that might affect mood. I just, I like the way she lays the book out, really, because she really starts with, uh, with the science of it all, talking about how this has been, this is, when she talks about it, it's like it's, there's kind of an obvious connection between uh, nutrition and mental health that we've just kind of 
overlooked a little bit over the years. We've kind of uh, not paid too much attention to it, but there's been a little, a bit of a resurgence uh, by her and by many other researchers out there who are talking about the, the incredible importance of, uh, of what we put into our bodies and how we feel, right? Remember Dan, Dan Siegel years ago, he talked about the healthy mind platter for healthy brain matter or something to that effect. So just the whole idea of how we need balance and it's gotta be a, more of a holistic approach to mental health, right? So he talks about sleep, which we covered a couple of times, I think, nutrition, exercise, connection, I think are the main four, but there's uh, some other ones as well. But, but when we go to these conferences though, I would say that there's usually always a seminar or two on nutrition. Would you agree? Yeah, and I've been through uh, a few of those I find this area really interesting like I'm very curious about that like I am really curious about how exercise and food changes the function or structure of our brains and how that impacts our mental health and so I'm very curious about it um I'm glad that she wrote this book I'm a little unclear on what the difference would be between what she is doing and a dietitian. So a registered dietitian going to school, uh, they do have a degree, they're well-versed in what's going on with the body and the, or even a, a naturopathic doctor, uh, very well-versed in nutrition and minerals and vitamins and all these things. So she um, refers to herself as a nutritional psychiatrist. And I'm not quite sure what that is. So I, I, I'm gonna look that up a little bit more. Um, like, is that a protected term? Is this a new term? I've actually never heard that term before this book. And then, yeah, how does that differ from a naturopath or a dietitian that specializes in, in mental health? Um, I, think it's, I think it's extremely important to look at your diet when we're dealing with mental health. So I'm glad that this book is out there. Yeah, I think it's refreshing as well. I think um, doctors, they tend to, obviously is the medical model and psychopharmacology. So the fact that um, they're looking at things like nutrition as more of a proactive or preventative me measure is, is fantastic. Of course, the psychiatrist has so much education, right? They're medical doctors who specialize in psychiatry. Uh, she uh, strikes me as someone who just loves cooking. She loves food. This is a passion of hers. I've never heard that term either. I'm curious whether she's one of the first ones to coin it. Um, just, you know, uh, realizing that maybe psychiatry needs to move in this direction. Yeah. And I'm glad that she disclaims as well, like, this isn't going to be the magic pill that's going to fix you per se, right? Magic pill is probably not the right word for that because it's not a pill at all, it's food, but um, it's going to be part of the puzzle that's gonna get you on track to help yourself overcome mental health, right? Like, or it's, it's part of what you need to focus on. And I'm glad that she reiterated that through pretty much every chapter, right? That this is, it's not magically gonna fix, you can't just take like B12 supplements and you're gonna be better. You need to integrate with other modalities, whether that's, you might still need medication and you probably need to go to counseling and you need to do these other things for yourself. But this is a piece of the puzzle that you need to include in your recovery. And I'm glad that she really pointed that out. 
Ryan? I, I, I typically like to bring up a couple of like skeptic points here uh, in the book clubs and- Do you? I do, I do. Is this, a then, bone? Is this a bone to pick? It's a small, it's a, one, of, one of the bones to pick. And that's yeah. actually one, uh, Brooke, you're right. She does, she does bring that up and she says it at the beginning, like, look, this is, this is one piece of a, of a larger pie. And, uh, and let's, let's be careful not to just say, you're going to start eating more fruit and suddenly everything is going to be better for you. Your, your obsessive compulsive disorder is going to go away. That sort of thing, right? Have some thiamine, you're good to go. Right. However, and, and yes, yeah, she does repeat that in little bit in little ways throughout the book, but I gotta say a lot of the examples that she brings up are pretty dramatic, right? This is a person who's been to a dozen years of psychotherapy and they've been on these medications for all this time. And then I had them uh, trade out uh, you know canola oil for or you know olive oil for canola oil, whatever it was, you know, change, change your something here, and then suddenly they're better there is a little bit of a or over the next six months over the next six months right i felt like she's she's she was telling us that this isn't a miracle cure but i felt like some of the examples she was showing us were kind of promoting the idea like this is a miracle cure so that's just my cynical american <laughs> stance here a little bit and with her examples i had a little bit of uh difficulty with them. Obviously, we all work in the profession and sure. I have many immediate family members with severe mental health issues, mood disorders. And when I'm thinking about my immediate family and a lot of clients that I work with, compliancy is a huge issue. Yeah. So sure, these things may seem really simple, but they're probably not that easy for people to change. If you're having six Diet Cokes a day, for you to stop drinking Diet Coke is going to be extremely difficult, right? So there's a whole weeding off process. I think uh, like we know in general, I think there's enough education or in locally in Canada where we live, I feel there's enough education around the benefits of like a whole food diet and that you do want to be having a lot of fruits and vegetables and a variety of foods and these, and I would consider those basic principles. So I think it's um, when she says stay away from the Western diet, I don't think that's all too shocking. Right. Right. Like, oh, and then, so then I'm like, okay, well, but people are doing it anyways. So what's going on there and how can we help encourage them to start making these choices? Because the person who's not having breakfast and having Diet Coke at 10 a.m. and then eating pasta for lunch isn't going to all of a sudden have chia pudding with berries in the morning. They're not going to do that. True. That's true. Yeah. So I'm curious on her methods on how she got people to make the change to start having. How did she change their mindset? Because we know motivational interviewing and all the rest of it, but. I feel like I would have been interested in that piece. Um, I know that's not what the book was about, but I would have been very interested in that piece as a clinician. Absolutely. And also, and I think she makes some mention of this, the Western diet, which she, she talks about a lot as being kind of one of the culprits, one of, one of the bad guys out there, which is fried food, um, you know, fatty high meats, fat, high, high fat, high carb, high carb, right. All of that, that, you know, the Western diet, that's kind of our, our, our thing. That's fast food. That's a lot of kind of 
quick and easy, quick and easy meals. And there's there's another piece of this, like eating the the very fresh uh, fruits and vegetables and the chia seeds, all that kind of stuff is more expensive. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty quick and inexpensive to eat the Western diet, you know, drive through McDonald's, no problem. Whereas getting some of these, uh, you know, organic uh, whole grass-fed foods, beef. grass-fed beef, like, yes, exactly. Much more expensive. Absolutely. So there's a privilege that comes to this. Sure. Or comes yeah. with it, right? Yeah. But so, but having said that, I, I did really like the, the breakdown. I think I mentioned this last week. I, I like the fact that she uh, not only talks about what's what are healthy and unhealthy diets and, and supplements and herbs and all these other things, but she also goes through like anxiety. Here are the things to uh, to try to eat more of. Here are the things to eat less of. Depression, same thing. Uh, OCD. She goes into um, like even like dementia or um, you know people with with memory issues and uh, breaks it down. Another caveat this is another one of my minor bones to pick and she even mentions this at the beginning she says look i will i will cite my research where it's where there is research and um and i'll try to be clear on the fact that a lot of the studies she's talking about are, are like rat studies animal studies um they're not all you know double blind studies on humans with uh, massive uh, numbers some of these are small um and and she, there's a whole lot of just reporting in the in the book if, if you're if you're reading the book or listening to it you're going to find it's kind of like this study said and then this study said yeah. and then this study said and so there's a I whole felt, lot of mm-hmm. I felt so like a resource I guide yeah. someone yeah i said a resource guide or like the lit review section of like a dissertation where you're like yeah. this study this study this study this study here it was here it is uh-huh. cut dry and then there's like and here's the one little here's a little story yeah. to keep you engaged. So I don't, um, I probably wouldn't recommend the book per se to clients, but I would give them copies of the portions of the PDF that apply to them. Mm. There we go. Like I would want them to have the information from, for what they're dealing with, but I wouldn't, necessarily want them to have the book because I think it would be uh, overwhelming or it might be hard to navigate or like I would want it simplified for them to say here you go here it is yeah Uh, yeah. well and that's and there's some of that that has to do with like understanding statistics you know like when, when, when someone says you know there is a statistically significant difference between people who had avocados and people who didn't that's you know that could mean that nine people felt the benefits and five people didn't you know that's that doesn't mean a hundred percent that doesn't mean avocados are always great that just means that there's a little bit of a difference that nudges people so there's exactly it's uh so it's a little little complex with that i i I don't think she was really i don't think she was making false claims but i do think that uh some of the things may have been a little uh amplified uh in the book exaggerated yeah yeah a few interesting takeaways though of course the the mind body or sort of the uh the, the gut connection the brain gut connection i think is what she called it yep right gut brain connection and of course that is a, a i think a significant thing and it's the uh the gut brain access and the information that's shared between the 
the stomach and the brain. Um, you know, people often talk about the gut feeling that they have. And I think uh, it's like a, it's, there's a lot of neurons around the stomach and often it's referred to as the, the your second brain, right? Um, so like the, the to, neuro, neurotransmitters are often are produced in the gut, right? Exactly, yeah. So I think, um, you know, the neurotransmitters that we, we need to make us feel happy and calm come from amino acids from food. So that's a great reminder as well, right? So, but the gut can be very intuitive, but it's amazing. We meet a lot of clients and you're talking, you know, they may present with symptoms of anxiety and, and then they share that they are very much focused or eating the Western diet, a lot of fast food and lots of carbs and it creates uh, inflammation. That's something that we've learned a while ago that some of these foods are, you know, having a drastic impact in terms of uh, the brain and, and body functioning, right? Yeah. Remember uh, Dr. Andrew Weil? Remember that guy? He's a Harvard-trained medical doctor, works out of uh, Phoenix. He came to the symposium years ago. On uh, Cover Time magazine, bald head, big gray-white beard. I think I'm destined to look like him down the road. Um, gives really, really good hugs. Or so you hope. So I hope, yeah. Such a nice, nice man. But he often talked about that too, just the inflammation of, uh, you know, um, caused by food and how that can lead to so many different medical and mental health concerns. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that part of it, but yeah, very, a lot of it was very much like a, a manual, like, you know, this is what you do when it comes to this uh, condition or uh, mental health concern. This is, this is what the research says. She's, she's definitely talks, you know, repeatedly about the, the negatives of the Western diet and the positives of the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, those uh, are big themes. Lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of uh, healthy oils and lean meats. And uh, and she's definitely not a fan of, of like caffeine and um, some of the other drugs we kind of put into our system, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, I, and again, I don't think all of that is too shocking. No. Uh, I think we know that we need to be eating um, a majority or this is my assumption i could be very wrong right like i don't know maybe i'm coming from a place of privilege or something that i'm unaware of here right but i have a sense that a lot of people or locally where we live i feel like that's incorporated into the education system about the benefits of whole foods and fruits fruits and vegetables and different things so yeah yeah, trying to wait, stay away from the yeah the, the simple carbs and the sugars and yeah and, and such, right? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I think we hear that message, but I think it's kind of dwarfed by the advertising that says otherwise. You know, that says come and sure. get come and get this, get your buffalo wings right now because they're tasty. It is tasty, and they taste amazing. It's like a full-on experience, right? Yes, uh, digesting exactly. maybe not the best, but but when you're and eating it, those wings, though, woo. Mm. yeah. And again, going back to Ryan, I completely agree with you that eating that way of life, though, like how we're told is the best and beneficial way, is not always affordable or accessible. It's not an accessible way of eating for people. Um, yeah. Right. So, what do you want them to do? But yeah. 
Yeah, Brooke, you mentioned though the some of the stuff we've heard a lot about lately, maybe up here more so than down there, but is trying to get away from processed foods, like highly processed foods. So having good quality food is, is quite a bit better. So even like fast food joints, like or Subway. Subway, I think, is extremely processed. They a long time ago, their whole marketing campaign was eat fresh, but you know, if you have their cold cuts or your turkey, it's it's highly cool. Processed, nitrates, right? right? You can taste the nitrate. Yeah. So we have like places popping up where um, it might still be, um, you know, like a chicken sandwich or, or a beef burger, but it's it's better quality food, right? So it seems like there's a bit of a shift going on there where, yes, these fast food joints are still there, but they're trying to go for more quality versus, yeah. you know. Um, and not uncommon up here. Um, menus whether it's at a restaurant sometimes even fast food to have a section of the menu uh under plant-based mm, yeah and then there's two three four five options typically not a ton of options but a few options that are plant-based options yeah we're definitely having a lot more of that here with the like impossible burgers and and, and yeah definitely more uh vegetarian options at least if not vegan options and gluten options in some menus as well so gluten yeah. Free. yeah yes so back to the book though i mean what uh do you feel like there was brooke you're kind of saying that it felt to you like it was some of it was sort of common sense or at least stuff you've sort of heard and, and Nothing that was really all that startling for you. Is that right? Yeah, nothing too startling. I did appreciate though, like it's not every chapter isn't repeating itself. There are little things here and there where it's, um, yeah. what was it? For the first two chapters, it was like highly encouraging, not saffron, turmeric. Turmeric, yeah. Right, for depression and anxiety, but then it didn't come up for PTSD or ADD, like, so there it wasn't that it was the exact same solution for everything, which I appreciate. So I was like, that's quite interesting that, you know, like blueberries come up here, but not there. And for, I forget what it was for the chapter that talked about glutamate. I didn't realize glutamate's in like mushrooms. So mm. I think it was PTSD. And so that was one of the things like you might, want to think about staying away from mushrooms because they have high levels of glutamate like so it was individualized um two mm -hmm. separate populations which i appreciated I did too. um but the whole like i think the part that was just repetitive or seemed to me where i'm like yeah i think we i think we know that it would be the stay away from mm -hmm. and like the stay away from the western diet yes yeah Yes. I will say, interestingly enough, in working with folks for a long time, the one of the curious ones is that the um, caffeine and alcohol and, uh, connection with depression and anxiety, a lot of people haven't quite sorted, you know, maybe that doesn't seem quite so intuitive for them. But, mm -hmm. you know, people who are dealing with a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, that sort of thing, 
and and I'll talk with them and be like, yeah, well, I, you know, gosh, I have to have like five cups of coffee in the morning because you know I didn't sleep at night, so then I'm uh, I'm really tired in the morning, so I have like four or five cups of coffee, and then I have panic attacks in the afternoon. So like, ah, the caffeine may not be great for your panic attacks, your anxiety disorder, right? And the alcohol, similar, you know, it's going to disrupt your sleep. And then um, I think she even said, and I've heard this before, that that many panic attacks are, occur the night after binge drinking, right? So, so one of my clients had a word for it, Ryan. Have you heard this before? They called it hangxiety. Oh, I have I not have never heard, heard that. I was like, <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. that was a good one. Hangxiety. I'm writing that yeah. down. I've heard of, uh, of course, booze blues. That one pops up quite a bit, but hangxiety. I like it. Yeah. Wow. So that client is like in his uh, like mid late twenties. So uh, yeah, it's coming from the a younger younger population, a little younger than us. Anxiety. That's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I like tried to explain why that is to him, and uh, yeah, but he he had a teachable moment for me with this new hip word. It's so good. I mean, it's like, it's like hangry, but it's even more, it's more targeted exactly. to a specific population. That's really good. Like that. And yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we, people talk about the Sunday scaries about feeling kind of worried about going back to work on Monday. Uh, you know, if you're feeling the Sunday scaries, maybe I mean, take, a, take a look at your Saturday night activities, right? What are you, <laughs> if you're getting way too, inebriated on Saturday night, that's going to contribute to your anxiety on Sunday. And uh, maybe that's part of the problem, right? For sure. Uh, I had a friend uh, randomly send out a photo of a craft dinner flavor boost. And the flavor is cotton candy. So I don't know what store this is. It seems like 7-Eleven or something. So you can buy a craft dinner packet Craft dinner that. is that like craft macaroni and cheese? You mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we call it KD or craft dinner up here. So you can buy this and you sprinkle it on your craft dinner to make it taste like cotton candy. Macaroni and cheese is a different thing, Ryan. It is. What's the what's, what is it then? It is macaroni and cheese, but it's but it's not craft, it's craft, craft. dinner. Oh gosh, we have another one of these moments here. I just wanted to throw that out there. Another yeah, one of these so tickle, tickle trunk and, moments. Macaroni and cheese is when you have macaroni noodles out of the, like you make macaroni noodles and then you add like real shredded cheese or make like a cheese sauce and add it in. But if you're getting like the pre-packaged KD with like the powdered cheese sauce, yeah. is that, no, that's like craft Dinner. Okay. Like okay. the processed version of macaroni and cheese, but mac and cheese is like different. They're one of the same to us because uh, we can't seem to figure out how to actually melt cheese. Otherwise, it has to be powdered first. And you know, I don't know. Just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> no, I'm sure there are a lot of people who do wonders with their macaroni and cheese. But yes, that's craft macaroni and cheese is uh, that's what we call it. So anyway, your craft dinner, but adding 
cotton candy that just seems flavor pockets yeah you sprinkle on it to make to taste like cotton candy so I think what's tricky about this too, when we're talking about like the Western diet and how it's really mm. bad for you and you need to stay away from it, yeah. it's also highly addictive. Like right. there are strong addictive components to this because there's so much sugar sure. put into it with it being processed. Um, but even the, the carbs that are there from what I understand is that then those are gonna be processed differently in your body, right? Like there are the high GI index and like, so there's no slow burn. These things get burnt off fast and then you're hungry again. And then there's sugar in there, which is, has addictive qualities. So your system is always spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping. Like it's, and so, I mean, you just kind of get caught in this whirlwind of I'm tired or, or maybe I'm hungry and then maybe you eat a thing and yeah. And the cycle just continues. Because your right. blood sugar is all over the place, and you yeah, have no, you have to kind of go through metabolic repair. Let alone your digestive system. I can't even imagine for a body that hasn't had tons of produce, produce in it. Like that, would, uh, yeah, your system wouldn't know what to do with all of it. Like what to do with fiber, healthy fibers or whole foods. Um, yeah, and then I think what can happen is when that if somebody does have that then they might have actually initial digestive issues but that's the withdrawal from the sugar and the processed foods but that deters them so they think that those foods don't sit well so then they go back to the other foods that weren't causing them to have digestive issues but it was causing them to have crazy mood swings like there's going to be a transition period for people when you're changing your diet in my very limited opinion, because I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian or naturopath, but very interested in how food works in the body. Brooke, you ran a wellness center. You know these things. I try to know these things. You know no more than the average, average Joe up there, right? Yeah. But you have a good point though, Brooke, is yeah, we often have, like these foods are so delicious and we often crave them, right? We can be addicted to to it. Um, and that's not by, by fluke. I think obviously it's very calculated. And Ryan mentioned the marketing. Before evolutionary psychology. Are we going to get an evolutionary psychology piece to this, Chris? Uh, it wasn't going that way, but uh, oh. <laughs> we oh, you let us all I was hoping this was leading into, according to evolution, we seek out this for these reasons. Meat. I don't have a tidbit for you on that, but. Meat and berries meat and berries and fat i did hear that sugary foods like fruit obviously very seasonal right depending on where you live so we are accustomed to eating that sometimes but not all the time right so our, our body well there's a lot so many things you can get into in terms of how our ancient ancestors ate compared to how we eat today but i was gonna throw something else out there what are some takeaways from this whole book like uh, back to Brooke's point that these are very difficult patterns to break and uh, to go, you know, to, to ask someone or suggest that someone can just completely transform the way they eat overnight is probably not realistic. It might have to be a little more gradual. Or... So I'm curious, what are some of your takeaways from 
Like, what can you do, or I, what can we do to shift our well-being based on what we eat? So she she mentioned something in there, um, and it's something I do as as well. And I think it's a good one, not just because I do it, but I do think it's a good one. Is I try and phrase it to people as does she. Like it's unrealistic to make the like a huge 180 change, but what can we do to add in some good things, right? So what can, if a client is drinking, if you find out that they're drinking coffee and then they come home and then they have some beers or wine, chances are that they're not really having a lot of water, they're probably dehydrated. So the question might not be right out the gates, how do we eliminate the coffee or the alcohol, but how do we increase your water? Like, sure, stay with your two cups of coffee and your two glasses of wine. What can we do to get you drinking more water during the day? What can we do to add? Or for clients who, um, so a few of my clients that eat a lot of packaged foods, I like, what can we do to add vegetables to that? So if they are making macaroni and cheese or KD, how, like, do you want to chop up a little bit of broccoli and throw it in there? Still eat it, but throw some broccoli in it, right? Like, let's start adding something and we can add a little more. And when you do that, eventually the changes overtake the old behavior because now there's like less room for the negative and more room for the positive. I like it. It's a very balanced way of looking at it, Brooke. The Baby take steps. That's great. Here's the takeaway I got from the book. Everything I want is bad and I'm the source of all my problems. Because <laughs> no. you eat the Western diet. You actually don't eat the Western diet though. You eat a variety of different ethnic foods. Knowing yeah. you personally, you eat a variety of things. I do eat a variety of things, and I occasionally indulge in in some Western foods. But you're right, and and I'm, I was, I said that in jest. I think that uh, I don't really think it's it's as blaming and shaming as maybe some other books we've read. But uh, I I think it actually is, is empowering. It's trying to help you decide what you want to do, what decisions you want to make about your diet. Um, you, Brooke, you and I may disagree. I think she may be kind of overstating some things, at least with her examples. You feel like she's doing a pretty balanced job of that. It's fine. Um, oh, she just mentioned it once or twice of like, yeah, what can we add? That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's, I, I, I like that as a, as a takeaway. You know, let's, let's not just focus on what not to do, but what can we do? And uh, yeah, I, I do think that it's, I think, she doesn't really mention this, but uh, I think a just an awareness and a mindfulness. Just, just for some people, just just thinking about, oh, you mean my food affects how I feel, like emo not just physically but emotionally. That's that's going to be a big light bulb for a lot of folks. And just starting to kind of pay attention to how you feel as a result of some of the foods you eat, and maybe trying to alter some of that. I think that'll be a game changer for a lot of people. True. So Good I think point. that's that in itself is is beneficial and that kind of mindful awareness is is a uh, I think it's a perk. What about you, Sibo? 
I totally agree with you that um, the main takeaway is that nutrition, of course, impacts your mental health. If you're going to eat like crap, you're probably going to feel like crap as well to a varying degree. So love what Brooks said too about um, kind of shifting and incorporating maybe some foods into your existing diet. Um, she talked a lot about prebiotics and probiotics. So, you know, yogurt, yogurt or, or kimchi or pickled vegetables Sauerkraut. or miso. What was that? Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Yeah. I think that's a uh, prebiotic maybe. Um, Happy Oktoberfest, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Last week. Big jar of uh, it in the fridge right now. And uh, prebiotic rich foods, I think. Isn't like the garlics on there and onions, thank goodness. Um, berries, bananas. So, but of course, fruits and vegetables, we know that, right? Spices, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like turmeric and pinch of black, black pepper. And then the other big takeaway, of course, is that darn Western diet is uh, working against us. But I don't know if she really emphasized this. I can't quite recall, but moderation is that part of it? So if you want to. You, you know, I didn't hear her talk too much about quantities or okay. even, but but she talked about quant, uh, moderation regarding alcohol, actually. She talked a lot mm. about the fact that a little bit of alcohol is has been shown through many studies to be beneficial. Overdoing it is not great. And she even says abstinence for a lot of issues is not great. Yeah, and it was different per mental health issue. Yeah. Like it wasn't the same number that she was giving in every chapter. Like, yeah, which was interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so lots of good little tidbits there, but a lot of information. And to me, it kind of read like a, like a resource manual has, has mentioned. Um, but uh, yeah, I think for the right person, you can pull some information out of there if someone's looking to make some shifts in terms of their well-being yeah and also going to highlight for listeners whenever you're going to make changes just make sure you consult your physician like major changes like i don't have to tell my yeah, doctor like, if, if i'm going to start eating asparagus right probably not but if you're going to be making major changes she did talk about that right like there was i forget what it was it was probably saffron or something but if uh, if you're like, it would actually have a negative effect on certain medications. I forget what those medications oh, yeah. were. Yeah. But there was one or two things that she did mention. You you really actually want to check with your health professional, especially I think if you're taking more like, not if you're going to put a pinch in your dinner, that's not going to make a difference. But if you're going to take uh, like supplements, if you're yeah. going to start taking supplements, then maybe consult your physician. There's yeah. some meds, uh, some especially some antidepressants, MAOI inhibitors that are, uh, if you if you have some foods like grapefruit, red wine, some some cheeses, it really has a negative effect on that. And so yeah, she talks a bit about those sorts of things, but those are, are also things that are coached to people when they pick up their meds at the pharmacy. Yeah, I think it's also important to remember everyone's bodies are a little different. Yeah. So keep a log, you know if. Uh, if you are feeling a lot of bloating or feeling a lot of discomfort, then maybe try to figure out why that is. And yeah, talk to the professionals out there. That's not, not us, of course, but dietitians or nutritional psychiatrists, if you can find one in your city and uh, maybe do some testing. 
because it might be uh, some food intolerances or, or allergies of some kind, sensitivities that need to be figured out. Could definitely so, be that. Gather some information because I know for myself, some days I, I feel like I'm eating clean and my stomach is giving me signals that <laughs> it's going through a bit of a tough time. So there are some uh, some differences among us. Absolutely. I, I've experienced that through clinical relationships and personal relationships and people who are, are experiencing something that they're feeling like, uh-oh, there's something really going on with me mentally or psychologically. And then they realize, they find out eventually that it's, it's a food allergy or it's a, uh, you know, yeah. something else that's going on with, uh, with their nutrition. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it's it, in some ways, it's kind of a relief for them. Like, oh, okay, I just need to cut out caffeine or gluten or something else. Um, yeah. So there's always these different things to rule out. So be aware of the whole sure. system. I remember I was doing an EMDR session. And um, so the, the processing was taking place. So nothing's being said. The client's just kind of uh, going through this process of um, recalling. We don't have to get into the logistics of it, but it's a quiet moment. And my stomach started to like, sound like mating whales. Like, <laughs> so I was trying to like suck in my stomach and like trying to move just to, so the client's eyes are closed as they're doing this technique and then they open it. And then uh, eventually the next time he started cracking up laughing, he's like, is that your stomach? <laughs> well, yep. My lunch is not sitting too well with me, but uh, we had a good laugh anyway. That's great. Right. <laughs> I've definitely had one of those as well. Also with EMDR, also with whale sounds in my stomach. Yeah. Oh man. We got to stop going to that lunch spot. I think. Yes, too much MSG or something else that the glutamate. Glutamate, that's it. That's it. All right, guys, let's give this this uh, book a score. We usually do that. Are we on a, on a one to ten scale or one to five scale? I don't recall. One to ten. One to ten. Okay, I have a number. Okay, well let's hear it. I'm gonna give it a six. Oh, six. I think that there's a lot of information that is practical um, that people can take away, but I don't think it's for the average reader. And uh, you're like, it almost needs to be broken down into sections and then given out. Yeah. So I do think it's more like a reference guide that someone could hold and then divvy out to people that's more appropriate for them, but I don't think someone that's gonna buy the book is gonna get, they're, they're not gonna have all the disorders in the book. And yeah, so I think there's a lot of good info, but I don't think it's a completely accessible book. And I think it's a bit of, of a thick read for the average Joe. Uh, they probably wouldn't get through the whole thing. Yeah. Fair enough, six. Six. Okay. I'll go next. I also give it a six. That was the number I was thinking of beforehand. Yeah. No way. Yes. I will give it a six because I believe that it, I'm glad the book exists. Let me put that out there. I'm glad the book exists because I do think for certain people, this will be a, a valuable resource and it is kind of a reference guide resource. Um, I, I hope that that 
the message I was talking about before, you know, become more aware of how you feel as, as the result of the food that you eat. I think that's an important message to send. But then again, I just gave you that in one sentence. It <laughs> doesn't need to be a, a massive book. And um, I think that there were just some problems with what I felt like were some overstatements or generalizations and uh, uh, yeah, difficulty with accessing some of the material because I think, you know, just reporting what studies say uh, to the general population, I think it's not all that helpful. So uh, I'm glad it exists, but was, wasn't the best book I've read. I think it could be done better. Chris? Yeah, the number that popped in my mind was 6.4. Um, kind of ditto on what- That's how tall you are. It, oh yeah, I got, I got mixed up. Okay. What I meant to say, I think it was like a 6.6. Yeah, I always get my height and my book scores mixed up. Nice. Um, but I kind of ditto on what you you both said. Like I, uh, I agree with Ryan, and I'm happy this book is out there. It wasn't the most enjoyable book to read. It was like I really did read like a resource guide or a glossary at times. I think maybe she did um, overstate, even though she had the caveats. She, I think she did overstate some of it a bit, but. Um, maybe my score is a little higher than yours because I really did appreciate the fact that um, it is, it's coming from a good source. Like here's someone who's extremely educated, who is considered a scientist and it's refreshing that there are nutritional psychiatrists out there who are trying to make sense of the data and trying to conceptualize it in a book like this. So thrilled that it's out there. So many people, there's so many experts, specialists out there who weigh in on nutrition and uh, even in social media and Instagram and whatnot, but I would happily, and, and I will um, recommend this book to, to clients because it's coming from, I think, a, a good scientific source. And, 6.6. And Joe, what do you give it? <laughs> Joe, who recommended the book, who is not here tonight. Uh, well, I just have to wait for that one, I guess. Too bad. Okay, well, I guess that's uh, that's where we land on this one. We'll do another book club in five weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, book yet to be determined, but uh, hey, it's fun doing this. Fun to have uh, a little little topic, a little shared experience here, reading these books and talking about them. For sure. Yeah, it was good. Okay, so I guess we will call it quits for tonight. Um, once again a rear quarter window for a 2001 uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. Okay, and uh, like and subscribe on Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. Send your questions to info at mountainbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell a friend or two over a wonderful dinner of Whole Foods and saffron and all the good things with no caffeine. And we will say good night to you guys. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Bye.